You're listening to a Cripple and Co. production. Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners. Before we start the show, I wanted to let you know about another disability podcast that I think you'll love. The disability community is not a monolith. Within the community, there's people of different views, beliefs, and identities. And each individual person with a disability has a story to tell. And that's why we're here. Our podcast, You First by Disability Rights Florida, features firsthand interviews with disabled guests, scholars, and advocates covering a wide variety of disability-related issues. We have episodes on voting access, mental health, ableism in academia, disability and reproductive justice, disabled art, accessible video gaming, and much more. Our goal? To have you take away a new perspective on disability and bring awareness and insight to the world around you. You can listen to our latest episodes wherever you're listening now or visit us at disabilityrightsflorida.org forward slash podcast to learn more and find transcripts of all of our episodes. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Come As You Are. Come As You Are is Canada's only worker-owned co-op sex shop. Trans-owned and operated, Come As You Are carefully reviews and curates their selection of sex toys, books, and DVDs. Now you can get 15% off your next purchase at comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Clonawilly.com. Clonawilly and Clonopussy are do-it-yourself molding kits that allow anyone to make an exact replica of any penis or vulva into a sex toy at home. All materials are ethically sourced and 100% body safe. If you shop at clonawilly.com right now and use the promo code DARKPOD at checkout, you can get 20% off site-wide. Wow! That's a deal that cannot be cloned. I talked to one of the representatives the other day, and they are more than willing to answer any questions you have about how to make your own clone willy or clone pussy, how to use the kit. They're so, so willing to go on this journey of cloning a willy or cloning a pussy with you. And they're super nice and super responsive to any concerns. So if you want to pick up your own clone willy or clone a pussy kit right now, head over to clonawilly.com and use promo code DARKPOD. That's D-A-R-K-P-O-D at checkout right now. And remember... This is a deal that cannot be cloned. Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. This is a podcast that looks at disability stories. It's like sitting down with a really close friend to have a real conversation about disability, sexuality, and everything else about the disability experience that we don't talk about. The things about being disabled, we keep in the dark. Here is your deliciously disabled host, disability awareness consultant, Andrew Gerza. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to the show, friends, and thank you so much for clicking on this brand new episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories. Happy second episode of Disability Pride Month. Hello, I hope you are having a great Disability Pride. I'm recording this in my most disabled version of me today 
sitting here in a diaper, ready to maybe not have an IBS attack, because chronic illness realness, friends! That's where I am today, and just wanted to share that realness with you here, right now, as we record. It's been a fun time for me, being so disabled this Pride Month, oh my goodness. My IBS has just made me extra disabled, which I, which I really, you know, I'm feeling. I'm feeling the severely sexiness of my disability just popping on through. Anyway, my name is Andrew Gerza. I am the host of this program. Let's get comfy, cozy, and crippled. And get this Disability Pride Month episode started, everybody! First things first, just remember that if you want to be a part of the show, you can email me at Andrew at AndrewGerza.com using the subject line Disability After Dark. Say you want to be a guest and we would love to have you. I'm always looking for more guests. It may take forever for me to get our episode out there, but I want you on the show. So consider being a guest if you want to come and shine a bright light on your disability story with us. We'd love to have you. I had the Disability After Dark email address, but that's been overtaken by spam. So please just email me directly at Andrew at if you want to be a guest, I'd love to have you. But enough of my rambling. Let's get comfy, cozy, and crippled and get the show started, shall we? Let's do it right now. So for episode 333, we talked to a drag king. And for episode 334, we're going to talk to another drag king. king my friend with the most amazing drag name in the world. And I'm really upset that I didn't think about it, but it's an awesome drag name. The drag name Rue Palsy, my friend Rue Palsy, out of Scotland, who does drag as somebody with CP and blindness. And I loved talking with them. We had a really fun, awesome, important conversation about the importance of disability and drag, the community around disability and drag for Rue in in Scotland. And I know we talked about a whole lot more. We, we recorded this back in April of 2022. So about a year and a half ago now, but I'm so excited to bring this to you on Disability Pride Month, and I love that we're talking about the importance of drag kings, disabled drag kings. I, you know, we don't really hear that much about drag kings in the drag scene, and so the fact that we're talking to a disabled drag king today felt very appropriate to cap off Disability Pride Month, and I just love the name Palsy. I love it so much. Um, and I hope you enjoy this interview with my new friend and drag king, Rue Palsy, right here on Disability After Dark. Rue Palsy, hello! Hi! Hi, thank you so much for coming on Disability After Dark. How are you today? I'm doing so well. Thank you for having me, Andrew. I am super excited to be here. I am so excited because we're going to talk about all things drag today. Well, we're going to talk about a bunch more things around disability too. But I have to say that when I saw your name, I was a bit annoyed because I was like, I should have thought about that before. Why did <laughs> I get, why did I pick that name for a drag name? That's amazing. Also, I'm jealous because I wanted it. So, so good on you for picking that name. Yeah, it wasn't actually me who came up with that, actually. It's got quite the origin story, because I was actually, I was really struggling to come up with a name. I went round a few, and I was going round to, like, family members and friends saying, like, I'm really, I'm really struggling for a name, can somebody help me? And it was actually my sister's boyfriend 
who came up with it. Uh, we were bouncing names about, and he was just like, Rupalsy, has, has nobody thought of this yet? <laughs> it's amazing it's amazing yeah and that's why that's um how it came to be and it's it's a really nice sort of little connection uh with my sister and her boyfriend really um my sister is a massive supporter of my drag and it's just oh, lo- nice. it's, it's just lovely and also so it awesome comes you have... also dra- you know rupaul's whole stance on drag kings it's kind of a good yeah it's a nice like i enjoy nice i like it very much big of like fuck you yeah yes exactly <laughs> it's a it's a straight up fuck you so hello we're gonna do we're gonna talk about so many different things today Rue, and i'm so excited to have you here because we've been planning this for months and months and then disability both got in our ways and then we had to move things around so here we are yes. finally doing it the, the joys of both having cerebral palsy <laughs> yeah at the same time with different symptoms at the same time amazing cool fun um so Obviously, you're RuPaul's, which is amazing, and I kind of alluded to what we're going to talk about today, but could you introduce yourself to Disability After Dark? Tell us who you are, what you do. So, uh, my name's Heather Warwick. Uh, outside of drag, I'm a law student, so that's kind of what I do day to day. But law student by night, uh, law student by day, drag king by night. Uh, and I'm, <laughs> a stand-up, I'm a stand-up comedian within my drag. That's my main sort of draw I do do other things I've done other types of acts as well but my main kind of thing is talking about my disability through through stand-up comedy and drag um I have cerebral palsy and I'm also blind in one eye so I'm partially sighted visually impaired and there's plenty of hilarity in my day-to-day life and that's why I I started with with the comedy no that's amazing I I love that you've shifted what so many people would think and obviously all the disabled people listening know this is not true disability is not a tragedy but you know non-disabled people would think that your life is tragic because ableism and so like it's really i like that you even like fuck it let's let's take the piss out of this and just have fun with it um so my the first question i ask everybody because i want to understand how they're now i know how cerebral palsy affects me but it affects everybody so differently. So could you share with us how your disability affects you and your day-to-day life? So the main thing is actually the sight loss. Um, I use a white cane, so I have that with me in public just to make sure I don't, you know, trip over everything in sight. Um, And I also have the cerebral palsy to negotiate, so that affects how my body moves. Uh, Sometimes I can get quite twitchy, I have uh, quite a bit of difficulty walking, especially when I'm tired. Um, But I've basically I've got a weak side. So that makes certain things more difficult because I've got a hand that doesn't work quite as well. And a leg that doesn't work quite as well. Um, But I'm relatively, relatively speaking, I'm quite able bodied, which um, is quite, you know, it's not I don't want to say there's certain types of disability that are more significant than others but i'm at the no, lower end can. Of it's true yeah yeah no no, no. We, we can we can say that there definitely are other disabilities and there are ways disabilities manifest that are that are quote-unquote less severe um you know for context if i walked if i went into a doctor's office and they saw me they'd be like so you have severe cp right that's like immediately what they would say so like 
I don't think you're wrong in saying that like there are degrees of disability and I think it's okay to talk about um sorry but I cut you off keep keep sharing your story that's okay um I've covered how it affects me in my day-to-day life how it affects me on stage uh can be quite interesting sometimes oh yeah tell me that story um accessibility in venues can be an issue sometimes there's quite a lot of crowds especially at drag shows I don't know if you for everyone who's been to a drag show they know what I'm talking about crowds are not very good at moving out the way even when they see the white stick (laughs) um so I usually have a sighted guide with me in a venue uh to move people out the way it's usually a member of my drag family or my bio family or some other friend who's at the show um to help me uh getting in and out of costumes can be good fun sometimes funny things happen on stage um for, for example, there was a time where there was a gap between the stage and the wall, and guess where my foot ended up? Oh no, right in the gap. Yep. <laughs> um, and I've had cases where I've been quite twitchy on stage, and it's been noticeable in videos, but uh, sometimes I have a chair on stage so I can sit down if I need to. But luckily, um, showrunners have been excellent at kind of adapting to my disability and kind of giving me adjustments where I need. Well, that's really, I'm really glad to hear that because usually we hear the other side, which is they don't help me at all. When I was, you know, trying to do this drag and like I talked to somebody in Australia a couple of weeks ago who does drag as a drag, as a drag king. And I don't, I don't know if it's going to come out by the time this comes out or if it's coming out already. I'm not sure. Uh, Cause when I'm recording this, it's a different time. But uh, so they said to me, you know, when I, when I try to do my drag, as a disabled person, the 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 venue owners are just so unhelpful. So I'm glad to hear that for you, for you they've been they've been really really helpful. Yeah, for me it's more been the people who run the shows rather than the venue who are helpful. Uh, but luckily, I've been very lucky with my, I've been blessed with my showrunners really. Um, particularly up in Scotland, they've been they've been great. I came up through a drag collective that actually kind of exists to make being a drag king more accessible uh so my first wow who are they my first ever drag experience was kind of not built solely around disability it's more about promoting drag kinging in general because we are a minority drag group um but you know it was really well designed and the showrunner was really aware of disability and one of the people running the workshops who actually went on to become my drag dad uh he's in a wheelchair so it was really well designed tell this person that i want to be on his show and or not sorry that i want to have him on this show and that i want to talk to him because that sounds amazing that's I, i will do he's he's awesome uh he's got um his name's popper joint and he's got alice alice danlos syndrome Amazing. So if you know anything about Arsdanlos, it's a joint disorder where your joints dislocate due to oh, having faulty collagen. We know all about EDS here. Yes, yeah, like... so pop a joint. <laughs> Love it. Amazing. Amazing. So funny. I will, I will like... uh, let him know. <laughs> yeah, please let him know. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. Um... He's, 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 uh, we joke that I get my stand-up jeans from him he's really funny he would be great on here 
No, I would I would love to have it, but I would love to talk more about like drag and disability in a wheelchair because I did it back in the day, twenty years ago, and man, that shit's hard. Like yeah. to get somebody to dress you, to make sure the costume's okay, to get somebody to get attending care workers to understand that like, yes, I'm putting on a dress. Yes, I'm doing this. It's okay. Yeah. Doesn't mean I'm weird. Just do this for me. Thanks. So like, yeah, yeah I can imagine it's complicated because luckily for me, I don't have as many difficulties with changing. I, I have a few, but I can mostly address myself. It's just if it's the occasional, you know, sticky button or buckle that I need a friend to help me with because having limited sight, you know, the finer details of things can be quite tricky. Yeah. Um, but I can't, I can't having that sort of challenge must be quite well I don't do drag very often because of that challenge like I, li- I like drag and I'm all about it and I would love to do more of it but the challenge of needing to be dressed and needing somebody to take control of like the costuming of drag is really hard and I remember when I did it 20 years ago like when I was in college I went with you know I didn't the the, the drag queens that I was that I went with in my college bar like they were so fancy and I was like cool I'm coming out with underarm hair like I don't care I'm I did my best like here I am I'll do it whatever like and they were so intense and I was like I'm not able to do that because that involves too much care yeah I'm I'm quite lucky that there's a big at least here in Scotland there's a big spectrum between sort of what I would call high performance drag but like there's a lot of investment and fancy costumes and everything and then yeah there's a there's a spectrum where I know a drag queen who gets 99 of her stuff uh, percent of her stuff from charity shops uh and she runs a she runs a show here in Edinburgh and you know there's a big there's a big spectrum here in Scotland which I think makes drag a lot more accessible to people yeah that's cool everything they don't just see RuPaul's drag race you know yeah 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 um I want to know as it relates to disability and your disabled self, why did you get started in drag? Well, how did that come to be? And like, how does your disability play into that? Well, it's a really interesting story, actually. Uh, I went through quite a nasty breakup. And when I was kind of, you know, when a relationship ends, you've got a lot of spare time and you're kind of a bit meh. And I'm in a big Facebook group for all the gays in my city uh, called Queer Edinburgh. And I saw an advert for this the drag king workshops they're run by an artist called dorian and i saw they were doing a scholarship for people of color or people with disabilities so they could start the workshops without the workshop fee um and as a student i thought it's a bit expensive but if i get the scholarship i'll do it and i signed up for the scholarship i had my interview and that's how i got started and i thought it would be a king for a day situation really yeah, um, I thought I would do one show and that would be it. Um, but obviously, my my drag dad took him up, took me under his wing, and basically went around saying, "I've got a new drag son" to every showrunner he knew. <laughs> and I I got on, I got on to showrunners because I really wanted to do it again. It was fantastic, and now I've only been doing drag since September twenty twenty one. But now I wow starting to get established and it's it's really exciting that's really cool and like and how like how do you think your 
your disabilities enhance your drag or do they? They they it definitely gives me a perspective that lots of people don't have and I feel like especially in my comedy um it's it's 99% having a disability and I think having that sort of content that's quite unique I'm not saying I'm the only comedian who's got cerebral palsy and talks about it because I'm not but it's not something that people see that often at drag shows yeah Uh, they don't see first of all stand-up comedy that often and they don't see disability uh as much and even even a king is not rare but it's not common either like it's probably no it's pretty rare it's pretty rare yeah Um, so i've got three three strings in my bow that some people don't that is quite unusual for an audience and i think that that helps me yeah i think using the differences that people would normally shy away from and making them assets is really powerful and is really like important. Why do you now why do you think that and this is not so much a drag question, this is more like a disability question. Why do you think that disability is funny? Um because it's just got this it's got inherent funniness, especially if let's say you're blind, you can make some cracking puns. Uh, you know, there's lot, there's lots of good plays on words. It's it's quite dark as well. So if people have a dark sense of humor, you've already won. Um, and yeah. if you're willing, to, if if you're willing to go there, uh, which I am, it can get quite. You know, it's it's quite sick. It's it's good if you've got a sick sense of humor or a dark sense of humor, not not like an unpc sense of humor. Um, yeah, not like a not like a rude there's certain, or like there's certain offensive. lines that you do not I do not cross. Um, but An it's also for me it's quite why is it funny it's it's very cathartic in its way just to say like these stupid things happen to me every single day or people's reactions to me are inherently funny um, if you yeah. see someone with a white cane most people most people run away from me and jump into the nearest bush pretty much <laughs> um, same with the wheelchair and you know it's I think one thing that makes people th- I like about my comedy is it does make people think. And I've had people come over to me after shows and say, like, thank you for saying this. Uh, as a person with autism, I don't hear disability and sex talked about that much. Or I don't f- feel that we hear about how disabled people can live full lives and how it's not a tragedy, it's a joy. You know, like... Yeah. Sure, it's hard, but it's also a joy. It's also funny. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, there are been... there are tragic fucking moments around disability, and we it's important that we recognize that. Of course, there are, but like, I think what you're doing on stage and bringing that, shining a light on that for people to look back on that and reflect on that in such a already diverse and already marginalized community to be like, look, there's other beautiful things I can share with you because I'm disabled. Look at this. Like, how cool is that? That's awesome. Yeah, and i it's why I love what I do so much. Um, I've actually got a huge, like, massive Instagram post about, like, because I saw somebody had taken photos of me on stage and you could really tell that I was really enjoying myself. I was having a really good time. I was laughing and you could see that in the photographs. And, you know, it was really, it's a beautiful set of photos. And it's also, um, you know, I love what I do because it lets me, talk about parts of my life and educate people in a way in a way that makes them more likely to listen because if you sit someone down and kind of tell them straight 
they might not listen to you. But if they're laughing, you know, people go, ah, oh, wait, it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah, of course. That's awesome. And I, I'm, I'm really pleased to know that you're doing it and you're so passionate about it. And also, I didn't know you were doing it for such a short time. Like, congrats on doing it because it's hard. It's not easy. And like, we need more crips out there doing what you're doing. Yeah, and it's been a real journey for me. Like, if I look at my first few shows and my first few outfits compared to some of my more recent ones, you can really see a progression in me sort of owning my look and how I sort of present myself on stage. Like, if you look at my first outfit, it's maybe a tiny bit flamboyant, a little bit camp, a little bit gay. And then you look at my most recent outfit and it's it's loud. It's very like, look at me. And I, I think that's really cool because it kind of shows how I'm looking. I, my makeup skills are improving. And also I'm coming out with my shell a lot more and kind of say, this is drag. I can be flamboyant. I don't need to be in a light blue suit. What about one that's checked with bright yellow trousers? You know, you know, like I'm having fun yeah, with yeah. it. And I'm, I'm not so in my in my head like I used to be. I still am. Yeah. <laughs> still am a bit, but less. Yeah, I know that. I know that journey of like, get out of your head, relax. It's okay. Like, I get it totally. And I think for you to go up there and do drag as a disabled person and and use the comedy to like not only make the audience feel good, but also remind yourself that it's okay to be as disabled as I need to be. And if I can make these people laugh while talking about that, like that's important. And I think. Not a lot of us are doing that. Yes, there are disabled comedians doing it. But again, in the niche that you're in, it's really rare. And so I'm just thankful that you're out there doing it. Yeah, I'm really excited, actually, because uh, the drag workshop that I um, learned my learned my trade in, as it were, they're running another set of workshops in my city. And there are a few stand-up comedians amongst the group of kind of baby kings as they would be called and the person who's running the workshop gave me a buzz and said hey do you want to come and talk to these stand-up comedians about what you do and I'll be doing that uh, next week and I'm really excited I'm oh, so man. excited to see more stand-up kings out there um, yeah. I don't and know then... if they're the kings with disabilities but just the same to see comedy in drag is is a big thing so really exciting yeah yeah and I think you know for them to see you and I'm going to, I'm very carefully crafting what I'm about to say because I don't want it to come off like inspiration for them, but for them to see you doing that and talking about your journey in drag as a disabled person, I think that's important. Really, really, really important. And I'm glad that they are so interested in showcasing the diversity because I don't think drag does that enough. Yeah, it's it's very annoying for me, like sometimes to kind of, come across this wall that is lack of diversity in drag and lack of knowledge like it's because drag is a microcosm of wider society that ableism still exists in drag like I've had a quite an established drag king I'm not going to name names I've had a drag king like say to me like make a joke out of me faking my disability oh no in front of a group of queens and I'm like you can't like I didn't confront him about it at the time because you want to keep the peace, but you know, like to have that happen on a drag scene, on the drag scene where it's like we're so accepting of everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, 
because one thing drag pushes is like you're so, we're so accepting and then like to walk over to a group of people and have somebody go hey he got his cane for 20 pounds off amazon he fakes it you know well like, no i don't like i that genuinely am blind and i shouldn't have to prove it to people <laughs> yeah especially not in the drag space like leave me alone like fuck off like exactly like i'm just i'm just doing my thing i'm just vibing like the rest of you i'm doing exactly what you're doing like why do yeah, you exactly. it? i'm i'm literally a drag king just like you and you're still you know you you think my disability is funny the only person who can joke about my disability is me yeah and like, if i give if i give you permission to that's because i gave you permission to you yeah exactly I'm, yeah. I'm chill with like my friends kind of taking the piss but like in a good-natured way one of my drag brothers saw something on the telly and recommended a show to me because there's a character who's blind in it and is it's called hard sell it's on netflix in the uk um and you know i'm perfectly happy for my drag brother to go like yeah there's a character in it who's blind she's literally you and i'm like mm. yeah good shout um <laughs> it's very it's very funny but then um to be on a night out um and be in drag and be kind of faced with that from one of your own is a yeah, bit different you know it's really hard and I, I feel that way similarly when i when i talk to other disabled people about sex and i see how quickly they're uncomfortable with it and i'm like oh it's how, how are we ever gonna like move the needle forward if we can't talk about this stuff oh you're not yeah. gonna get that from me <laughs> if anyone oh, no. if anyone has seen me live um a large, I don't put it on the internet for obvious reasons, uh, but if anyone's seen me live, a large chunk of my comedy is based around sex as someone who can't see very well and someone who's also physically disabled. Um, and I really enjoy making comedy of it because you feel, you see the audience going, oh, I don't, like kind of holding themselves back. Like, that's funny, but I don't want to laugh. Yeah, they're so uncomfortable because they're under Yeah, do. Yeah, but, you know, they do find it funny and it's... I find it funny too because like being able to share stories about sex and kink and like just be open about it as a disabled person because it's important because disabled people are hot disabled people are sexy disabled I know they're hot I made the hashtag I know I'm the one like like disabled people are like have full lives and if we don't talk about aspects of our lives people are just gonna think that guy in the wheelchair is single and is going to die alone when actually they like, you know, like, I'm too, you know, it's not like that. We have lives and partners and desires you know, and wants and dreams and needs. And yeah. Like, yeah. And if wider society doesn't understand that, then we're in a bit of a hard place, you know? I would like to be in a hard place, but not that kind of hard place. Um, <laughs> um, speaking of sex and disability, can you talk to me a little bit about without like as comfy as you are, can you talk a little bit about like how your disability impacts your sex life? Um, I have some experiences on dating apps. I have a whole comedy set about uh, being on Tinder as a bisexual person with a disability. Um, my main difficulty is kind of getting past because I'm very stiff and I'm very I have a joke. Uh, I've got four positions I can do max. I'm as stiff as an ironing board. And that kind <laughs> of, yeah. <laughs> um, and that, that kind of gets me sometimes because I often think like, does that make me boring? Does that make me uninteresting? Um, oh, I definitely, I certainly feel that way when I'm with a partner. Like I see, I see my primary sex worker 
like for sex when it when, when we feel safe to thank you covid but like you know so i'll see him and i'll always say like when i'm feeling really low when i'm feeling really like insecure and having a lot of internalized ableism on some days i'll text him and be like you don't mind that i can that i have one position which is like i can't move right you that, like that doesn't bother you and he's like, oh no fuck it's fine i'm like but no like really it doesn't bother you that i can't hop to and get in a position like everyone else does and like I'll never be able to do that. And he's like, oh, no, it's fine. But I understand the pressure of, like, wishing that I could just do a position. Yeah, and also just being able to do or not do certain things makes you think, like, are you are you boring or, like, are you um, undesirable because you can't do those things? Or yeah. because you're, like, some days I'm a lot more able than other days. And this more applies to relationships, but... You know, you do think, uh, is that fair on my partner? You know, like, it's having a disability and dating and sex is all complex because obviously disability doesn't switch off. No. It doesn't stop permeating areas of your life. <laughs> Even when you think, I'd really like it not to affect things, it, it still does. And, and that's I mean, I think able bodied people don't get. <laughs> yeah, completely. And I think people don't also understand, like, the internalized ableism loop never goes away, especially if I'm fucking you or if I'm if I'm with you intimately. Like, yes, I might be having the best time, but in the back of my mind, as I'm blowing you, I'm also like, hmm, does he like this? What if he's thinking about someone else? What if I'm not pleasing him? And I can never say this to them because they'll say to me, oh, don't worry about it. Get out of your head. And I'll be like, I can't though. Like, Yeah, it's hard. And also because... Uh, as somebody who's you know I grew up as a woman like it or not I've also got the internalized like body image issues which is more obviously it exists for men but it's much more prevalent amongst women yeah so I've got kind of that on top of that you know it's almost like disabilities it's almost like sex problems squared yeah totally like because you just think am I desirable is it and also, I don't know if you get this, but I've got like, what if something goes wrong during sex? Like, oh my god, that's my that's that is. They should write a song called "What If It Goes Wrong During Sex" because that's what I play in my head all the time. I have IBS, I have spasms, I have you know incontinence in other ways, and so like my whole sexual experience is like, don't shit yourself, don't laugh, <laughs> don't laugh too hard, don't like. I remember one time when my sex worker was, was, I was fucking him and I was, I was the top of the situation. And so he was on top and we're doing stuff and I deal with IBS constipation. And so he was pushing his body into my body as you do when you're, when you're getting fucked. And cause I can't move, there's no other way of him doing that to fuck himself with my body. So I was like, okay, fine. And every time he went, he went into me, it hurt. And I was like, but also it feels good and I like that I'm pleasing him. So I was like, okay, I just have to deal with it and pray to the Lord that I don't shit myself right now. So I understand like the fear of like, will something go wrong? Even if the sex is great in the back yeah. of my mind, I'm playing that song. Like I'm like most of the, luckily it only happens for me about 50% of the time. That I'm thinking like, oh my God. But when it, when it does happen, it's quite a big for not able-bodied people. It's quite a big oh god. Yeah, it's like, like solid, solid eight out of ten. It's so much fear, 
And so, and like, then you look at movies where people have sex and you're just like, like, obviously all that's fake, but you're just like, why can't it be like that? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. And one thing I talk about in my comedy a lot is kind of, you don't see disabled people having sex. And that's why I talk about it. If it's, unless it's someone's fetish, which I kind of have an issue with, but I'm not going to get into that uh, in case. Oh, we could, we could. Um, fine if you want to get into that that's very good right. um but you know um you don't see it unless it's a very specific category and I feel like that's a real shame because you know uh again disabled people are hot disabled people have sex it's not something we should hide yeah and especially queer disabled people you don't you don't see that either um for the record I'm also I'm both gender and just plain old queer <laughs> Um, so yeah it's it's an interesting one yeah yeah for sure and I'm, I'm really glad that you talk about it what are some of the things around sexual disability that you other than like championing that were hot of course but what are some of the things you talk about in your comedy that you could share today um funny stories when things go wrong experiences on dating apps I mean, uh, t- tell me tell me a funny story about when something went wrong oh god <laughs> there's, there's quite a few um, I also I also talk about self pleasure a lot, um, whether that's because as well as partner sex. But I'm also I'm self partnered at the moment, so that's why I talk about being self partnered. And uh, I discovered sex toys at 18, and I kind of because before then I don't have the motor control um, to self pleasure, so I'd never yeah. discovered that that I could do that. I used to mm. think like I'm completely asexual, and then my friend was like. Have you have you ever tried a vibrator? Uh, my friend, who's uh, an asexual woman, was like, "Do you think you're actually asexual? Have you ever tried a vibrator?" And I was like, "No." And then she just going up the nethergate in Dundee <laughs> um, on the way to Anne Summers. And at the time, I was studying at Dutton Uni, and I saw my professor on the way home, <laughs> like, ah. holding my Anne Summers bag. Oh my god, that's <laughs> funny. Looking sheepish as hell. Um, who acts like it's the most natural thing in the world uh walks alongside me and it's like who was that and I'm like Dr Christopher Jones amazing Amazing. well I don't know if you know this but I started a sex toy company with my yes I did get bumping all of it yeah bumping so all the love maybe that's something when it when it when it ships or like when you know you're able to get one maybe that's a toy that could work for you I would I would love that because accessible sex toys are something I'm really passionate about. Uh, accessible sex in general is something that I'm incredibly like I like to give a voice to. Um, and because I find some sex toys really difficult to use. Yeah. So get bumping. Yes. Well, we, we are very excited. And when, you know, we're we're pushing right now to try to sell out 500 so if you're listening to this i don't know when this will air and i'm all well now that i've said this it has to air sooner than when i thought it might so so um <laughs> if you're listening if you're listening to this and you and, and you want to help us sell those 500 toys because we need to keep the lights on at, at bumpin so if you want to help us sell the 500 toys um go to get bumpin.com and order your toy right now thanks yes. so much Yes, Shame and because one of the things that I find easiest to use are actually love eggs. 
you know, yeah. the egg-shaped ones on strings. Yeah. I have a comedy story about one of those breaking. Oh, no. In me. Huh. And combining that with a lack of motor skills, oh, getting no. it out was an experience. Yeah, how... And it, it just gets funnier because it happened when I was I I lived in a in halls at the time you know uni you live in halls. yeah yeah and um, my Catholic flatmate lived in the room next to me. I'm not making this up. <laughs> oh no, that sounds like a it's, it's the one time I I say this because it's true. It's the one time I prayed to her God <laughs> was getting that bloody thing out of my badge. <laughs> That sounds like a fucking Vicar of Dibley sketch gone horribly wrong. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. where, where is Geraldine when you lead her? Wow. <laughs> um, that's, oh, but I never thought about that. And I never thought they could break. I never, I didn't, wow. Let's just say um, Love Honey was very apologetic. <laughs> when well, I, when I, yeah. I didn't send them an email like this happened, and I, I didn't send them like a Karen email that's like this literally broke broke mid self love sesh. Um, <laughs> oh, no. I, I sent them an email which is like, hey, um, I think my I think my love egg might be faulty. Well, we and, love we love the people that love honey. We we work with them with we're working with them on the on the joystick. So oh, fantastic! Um, oh. and the customer service team was like, yeah, that isn't supposed to happen. Here's a new one. Yeah, they're they're, um, they're but, fantastic. But they were they were so good at getting getting it sorted. So, but I can imagine having. Do you have spastic CP or is it? Uh yeah, spastic CP. So yeah, me too. So I can imagine with the spasms, like trying to get that thing out, must have been a a shit show. Yeah, and also also just the sheer panic. Yeah, because you... like, what if I have to go to A and E? Because <laughs> uh, I have two parents who are doctors. And I would never hear the end of it. Oh no! I mean, I told them <laughs> it would. That, that's the funniest dinner table story ever, though. I mean, they would. <laughs> and the, do you think they'll listen to the podcast? Because maybe they just heard you tell the story. Well, if they if they listen, that's okay. I mean, if my mom if my mom listens, it's fine. <laughs> well, listen, Ruth. she's always she's always saying like she's always saying to me like. Show me, show me your sex toys. I'm curious, and I'm like, no. <laughs> Wait till you show her a bump and joystick. That'll be great. Yeah, because yeah. um, since I started doing drag, um, my mum has been interested in kind of disability and accessibility a bit more because uh, she's got to know, you know, stories about my drag dad and everything. And I think the bumping would be something she'd she'd be quite curious about. Yeah, and the cool thing about the bumping is that it looks like it looks like. It doesn't look like a sex toy. So you wouldn't have to be like, look, here's my sex toy. You could just be like, oh, this is a therapeutic device. Thanks. Check out, check out this cool therapeutic device. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but honestly, um, if anyone listens to my comedy, they've probably heard that story already. So uh, it's wow. probably floating somewhere. It's probably floating somewhere on the internet for my parents to find. So it doesn't matter if they listen to me. I would never have thought that an egg could I'd break inside you I'd how terrible ter- scary I'm just glad that both it wasn't both sides of the string that broke yeah yeah so like I could still use the string to pull it out I I was but, thank goodness horrified. oh wow this is why we need toys like bumping I'm just gonna say it. this is why we need toys like the joystick this is why we yeah 500 percent use use my use my horror story to promote your to promote oh yeah. As much as you want. <laughs> yeah yeah um, um, 
one of the things you wrote in the forum that I really want to talk to you about, and I want to go in a bit of a, I want to, we, we shared a funny story and I want to kind of go into like a lower spot right now because it was re- something you, you said in the forum really kind of spoke to me and it's something that I deal with every day and I wanted to just chat with you about it. So you said that you wanted to talk about the journey of accepting disability and grieving the person you never actually got to be. And that when I read that, even just before I got on the call with you, I was like, oh my goodness, does Rue know my life? Like, how does, how do they understand this so readily? And I'd love to talk to you about kind of those feelings for you. Yeah, because I really started to struggle because it's a really strange thing, actually. I didn't actually, obviously, I was like aware I was disabled. I was experiencing it, but I never really... I never really realized what it could mean for me in my life until I was maybe an older teenager. And that really, when I was thinking about moving away from home and, you know, um, obviously I'd always had difficulties and I'd always had like special classes in school and like, I'd always had a learning assistant and things. And, you know, I used to wear a visible brace on my legs. So lots of kids ask me questions. Kids have no filter. I fully intend to make a comedy set out of my experiences at primary school at some point. Um, I mean, but, you, can, you, you know, should make a show really about your experiences at primary school. Like, you could be a showrunner where they cast somebody as you who's got disabilities that could just relive that for you. That way you don't have to. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, it really sunk in when I was kind of an old teenager, maybe 16, 17. And I have a twin. And growing along, I was growing alongside somebody who was able-bodied and I was seeing my twin sister and I could see how much easier it was for her just generally yeah um and that was really hard because I was really like why why do I have these difficulties and she doesn't yeah why does why does she make I'm uh I have something similar to ASD uh, caused by my brain damage so it's not autism but it kind of is it's like um, almost on the spectrum then almost on the spectrum but not quite yeah. just dodge that diagnostic bullet um but you know like why does she make friends so much easier than me why is she sporty why why like why is she so much more sporty than me why does why is she so much more outgoing than me and that was really hard because you you start to think like what what if I wasn't disabled like that question does pop up into your mind oh it's constantly there I thought it this morning when I was like what would it be like if I could just get out of bed when I wanted to and not have to wait wait on somebody and not have to like need help and not have to be polite when all these people are in my room helping me do care and not have to be like you know what would it be like if I could just get up and so like I but I also understand what you're saying having a sibling who is so much more mobile than you were my my younger brother is a musician but when we were growing up he was like the acrobat kid that could do like you know could go and jump off a thing and it was fine and could do like five somersaults and it was so easy and I would look at him and go you know I never I never told him but I was was like not jealous because I wasn't ever mad about it but I was like I definitely want that and I wish that. Yeah, and it's kind of because you don't want to, re- you don't want to resent your sibling because it's not like it's their fault. It's no, not of like, course it's not. Of it's course. not like it's a bad thing that they can do these things and you can't. You know, it's a really difficult feeling because I, me and my sister have spoken about this at length, so I feel comfortable saying this. But I did, yeah. I did feel jealous of my sister, and in a sort of 
teenagery kind of way. You know, you know what I mean? Like it's not real jealousy. But yeah, yeah. Like, it's like I'm 17 and I have hormones, so I'm going to be mad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and you know, I it's a difficult thing. It's and you do grieve the person that you never were, and it was really. I started first accepting it when I was 16 and I'm still on that journey now. How old are you um, now again? 20. And 20. You're only 20. Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> oh, I know. It's, it's made me really like being on, being on the drag scene has made me quite aware of how young I am because like people will be like, you're just a baby. And I'm like, you have so much life left to live when you were, I know, when, I know. When you, it's when I, I'll be 40 in two years when you, Wow. <laughs> like, it's, people are often, like, I'm definitely labeled as, like, the baby of my drag family. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> wow. I just, I wow. just had to set the label of, like, um, baby. <laughs> so, I mean, let's, let's talk a little bit about, about your, like, so if you weren't disabled, what are the things that you want to do that you can't? Like, I'm, I've always, like, I've done disability disability sports. Uh, I have a brown belt in judo, and I would really love to be so much to be more mobile and stronger because that would really help my judo. That would make it a lot easier. And I really struggle with stand fighting standing up, which isn't necessarily a problem uh, because you can fight on your knees. There's a category for that in disability judo. Um, but I would love to feel so much more, more confident fighting standing. Yeah. Um, you know, because nobody wants to feel like, oh, my God, I hate this. Such a big part of judo is obviously fighting standing. And I, I find that really hard because um, my blindness means that I don't see a good chunk. And if you're trying to keep an eye on your legs and keep an eye on your torso because someone's coming coming for your legs to sweep them out from under you it is very difficult um and I would just love to not walk about with a cane in public because people do um they, they stare and they say things and they're they stare and they say things and like it's not it's not easy and that's why I kind of make comedy out of it because it kind of helps me to cope with it um, yeah, of course. Having a visible disability in the way I do is is complicated because people do make jokes. People do kind of, you know, like people people do like respond to it, and it's like, yeah, and they never like, they never respond in the way you want them to. They're always it's always like a big ableism, and you're just like, why now? Why this? Why like it's why? Like, especially because like take the incident with the drag king that I've already told you about, like. I'm just trying to enjoy my night and you make me look, you make me, you make people question my disability status. Yeah. And you make me feel ashamed that I, that I. And you make uh, me, you make me feel like I need to justify myself. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. Like seriously, fuck you. Um, <laughs> like it's because uh, I shouldn't have to, I shouldn't have people questioning my disability. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have people saying like, obviously people, people knew he was joking but like there will be some people who think he's not joking and even the ones who know he's joking are gonna, are gonna laugh and then go oh wait what if he's what if what if they're right what if rue is faking like that and they'll never say that to you but they'll think it in the back of their heads because you know and it's like maybe i'm not as blind as i say i am well 
screw you. Like, yeah, I can't, like, like I shouldn't have to pull out because I have a certificate of partial sightedness status. I shouldn't have to carry that around with me, no. you know, um, and I don't. <laughs> but like, it does kind of feel like you need to wave a paste paper in someone's face and be like, actually, yeah, I am medically certified as partially sighted. So you can go and fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, basically, like, go fuck right off. Um, do you have any, because I know you like to talk about sex, I want to ask you, do you have any other, other than getting an egg stuck in your vag, which <laughs> I'm very happy for you that that was fixed. But oh, yeah. but do you have any other other like funny sex stories you want to share around disability? I did. I I I had a spasm in my neck and almost knocked myself out. Cool. <laughs> that was a fun one. So, uh, lovingly lovingly referred to as the windowsill incident. So okay, you so so paint set the scene for me. Basically, I was uh, me and my partner at the time, now ex partner. Uh, we're going at it on my tiny single bed that was next to a window. And I, you know, I went down there, as you do. Yeah. And I was coming I was coming up for air and I got a spasm on my neck. Oh. I cracked my head off the edge of the windowsill. Oh, no. I mean, I feel like there's a sitcom. There's a BBC One, like, sitcom somewhere in all this, this hilarity, like, the 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 egg breaking in you is a comedy right there. There's something in there. The the spasm in your neck. There's I'm 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 feeling a, a BBC sitcom coming on for sure. Yeah, like, yeah. And um, I actually I didn't lose full consciousness, but maybe a little bit. And my partner just was kind of free was kind of freaking out. And I was like, Why are you the one that's freaking out right now? <laughs> <laughs> I just did this to myself and you're the one that's freaking out. I mean, it just makes for like such a funny story. And I mean, like... I've got a few, like, people, I've had some people think that they've absolutely rocked my world and I've then had to say, like, mm, I'm really sorry, it was just a spasm at the wrong time. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, um, you know, uh, breaking yeah, hearts. Yeah. Breaking hearts has ent- entered the chat. <laughs> breaking hearts. I think we like... smashed a fair few male egos with that one. Oh no, sorry. It was just spasm. Oh my god, I think that's the title of the episode right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of my. Again, it's uh, a regular part of stand up sets, and I actually really enjoy telling that story because it takes people maybe a few seconds to get it. And it's great. And they're like, oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, one of the things you put in the form that I want to ask you about is, what does kink positivity and disability look like for you? Just making, making kink spaces accessible and making sure people feel comfortable in those spaces, whether that's whether I'm getting into devotee. I'm, I'm treading into some delicate territory, but... Um, not every disabled person. Oh, I want to go uh, there with you. What, so tell me all about your. Not not every disabled person wants to be banked over when they find something difficult. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Like, like, and I don't want my disability to be a. I, I mean, sure, if you're into it, that's fine. But like, telling someone I've always wanted a girl, I don't have to blindfold. 
uh, you can go and fuck yourself. Okay, don't tell people that. That's horrible. Don't do that. <laughs> like, and the funny thing is, I'm blind in one eye. Yeah. Like, you like stop to blind me. Yeah, like, I'm not, I'm partially sighted you in person. Like, no. <laughs> like, no, first of all, that's creepy. Second of all, second of all. Yeah, like, don't do um, that. First of all, that's creepy. Se- second of all, um, you're actually wrong. Yeah, you're like the wrongest. Um, so like the, the what? Assumption is that because obviously people think blindness is binary, like you're either blind or you're not. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it's a massive spectrum. You should get that on a shirt. So like saying that just makes you look like an ableist asshole. You should get blindness is not a binary on a shirt. I'd wear that yeah. everywhere. That's awesome. You should you should make put that on a shirt. Yeah, I, I should. <laughs> but like, I I just wish like. I'm I'm fine with people having kink. I'm not saying that's not okay. And I'm not saying people can't do the things that they want to do in the privacy. No, of you're saying home. for you, like necessarily fetishizing you isn't. Yeah, but I am cool. saying I'm not into that. Thank you. Yeah, and that's totally fine. Um I mean so don't like, don't Oh god. What it's... kind of kinks are you into then if you could like name a few? Um I'm into quite a lot like kind of your kind of run-of-the-mill kink I'm not into anything that's like way out there I had an ex that was really into pet play and I did find that 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 didn't gel with me as well um I am a dominant which is quite unusual for some people to see because they often think disabled people are submissive actually yeah yeah Uh, some of us are not no I can see you being a dominant I can see that doesn't surprise me in the least and it's really, it's really bloody annoying when you're having a kink-related conversation with somebody and they hear disabled and make the connection with sub and actually like, no, <laughs> no. Yeah. You should change it. On, on, your, on the kink sites or wherever you practice kink, you should be like, I'm not disabled, I'm dom-sabled, bitch. <laughs> like something like that, I don't know. It's Again, like, put that on a t-shirt. Yeah, on a t-shirt. Blindness is a spectrum. I'm not disabled, but I'm dumb disabled. <laughs> I mean, I give that to you. You could use that wherever you like. Yeah, yeah, that's yours. that's great. That's a really good way of looking at it. Um, but I I do find it like I've had stories from friends. I will not name said friends, but you know, like just something that some p- people treat wheelchair users and things like, oh my god, like it's really it's quite awful if some of the things my friends have experienced like <sighs> yeah we have a lot of work to do in the kink space to make it better um like um i'm not for privacy reasons i'm not to, gonna get into the specific yeah, yeah but, no of course you know like i've had a few people want to kind of do caregiver things and you know in, in like a kinky way and i'm like i can do that myself thank you very much i don't i don't yeah. need people often assume like as a kink that i would want people to do things for me that I can do myself and I'm like um <laughs> that see, requires for, a level of trust I do not have with you <laughs> see for me because I need full care anyway like that's kind of hot for me like that idea for me as a like needing that I need full care is for me is hot but I but I totally understand when you're like I got this and I don't want this for me it's like oh I would need the help anyway so yeah make it hot let's go I mean if I do if I do need the help with something I like yeah I'm into that but it's more like assuming I need more help than I do you know it's kind of infantilizing in a way yeah yeah if it's something you can do and somebody wants to do it for you I'm kind of like 
you can if you can if you want but yeah yeah you don't really have to yeah um yeah but kink spaces are even from like an accessibility point of view it's kind of the same as drag yeah like because they're you well they're usually held in the same spaces actually so yeah like they're not accessible and i spoke to somebody upon this recording i spoke to somebody this morning who said the same thing that said they're like not accessible the crowds are the worst nobody gets out of the way like you can't get down there they just said it's really hard to, to do any kink stuff in terms of accessibility yeah it's it's a difficult space to navigate as somebody with a disability like as i said not all disabled people want to be wanked over um not that i've actually experienced that directly but um, i have experienced it directly and in the right lighting, it's kind of hot. No, I'm kidding. I'm just saying being <laughs> physically wanked over can be hot. Um... Yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I don't see what's hot about some people's struggles to some yeah, people. Yeah. Like, another like, person's struggle shouldn't be hot to somebody. Or, yeah, yeah. Not that it shouldn't, but, like, it doesn't make sense in my brain. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it totally makes sense. And I just to clarify, I was kidding before when I said I got wanked over. I was making the joke that I've literally been... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get what you mean. Just so anybody um, listening was like, oh, Andrew's being offensive. No, no, I was kidding. <laughs> like, I, I kind of, because I can see kind of, I can see the link because obviously, like, there's the whole sadomasochistic thing. I can see that. I can see the leap. Yeah. Like, I can see where it might come from, but like, still, I find it really like, I find it kind of gross. It's something I, like, if it's something I struggle with and somebody thinks it's hot, I'm kind of like, yeah. Really though, are you a good per- are you a nice person? <laughs> or are you a creep? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get yeah. it. Right? Yeah, I'm very lucky that I haven't stumbled across many devotees myself. Um it's only been a handful, but like when it's happened, it's been interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean I've talked to a few on this show, and I have to say, with with enough trust and with like an open conversation about what devoteeism means for each of you like because i've talked to couples who are in like devotee relationships one and one person's disabled the other one's not disabled and like i i'll say that i think there are boundaries and i think it's important that people voice their boundaries and what makes them comfortable but i've talked to devotees who are in relationships who are totally happy and everything's great so i think it really is just about consent and comfort level yeah and that's why like um uh there's the whole safe sane and consensual thing um which was i uh, which is part of i'm not part of the society anymore because i moved out of dundee uh but that's a big part of dundee kink society which is like as long as it's safe sane and consensual uh we're not gonna bash it here um and yeah. there's also the fourth unsaid thing that it has to be legal <laughs> um yeah it's more about... like S- it's more like SSSL. <laughs> How do you feel about sane, just in terms of like you know, because a lot of people with disabilities, and I'm I'm just spitballing here, but I'm curious. Like, do you think there's we should change that to yes, to like not <laughs> um, be? Able I think to... it's. I feel like everybody's kind of definition of sanity is different, and if there's and also like if someone does have a mental health issue, it's not. It's not great to use that word. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of like it's kind of like using the word insane to describe somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. 
which I have a huge issue with. I have a big issue with, I know I use the word occasionally, I'll put my hands up, but I have a bit of an issue with words like psycho and people also using terms like, oh, it's psychotic or I'm so depressed today or like, you know, you know what I mean? Like using mental health words in a non-mental health way is something I do have a problem with uh, as someone who has a father who is a psychiatrist um and I've also had mental health issues of my own so to hear someone say I'm so depressed today when they're just like a teeny bit sad I'm kind of like yeah yeah I hope you're not depressed today <laughs> I think we definitely have to uh we have to look at our language that's why when you when you said safe standing consensual I was like mm, I'm gonna I want to talk about that because I wasn't sure how you felt but I'm glad that we I think we should look at our language the way we talk about um disability in kink spaces and the way we look at consent and the way we like frame that in these spaces yeah consent for me and also respecting boundaries is something that it's so important in kink and it's so important in day-to-day life and even like in a non-sexual context um respecting boundaries and consent is something that's really important and it's something that's an issue in drag like audience members I've not had this happen to me thank god um but I've heard a lot of stories about like people just audience members just grabbing people and and I've heard heard the same stories in queer bars like guys just grabbing because somebody's wearing a harness or somebody's like sexualized and it's like no it doesn't give you the right to do that like luckily I've I've walked around in harnesses uh, as part of drag and not been grabbed uh, but I did actually have the fear of like what if some random audience member because I was walking about with my cane and I was thinking like what if some random audience member pulls the d-ring on the back of the harness and I don't see yeah because that's how I end up on my ass in a crowded club because yeah, obviously yeah. I can't see people coming I can't see people coming up behind me yeah um but that didn't happen thankfully uh I did have my drag brother on standby which was probably quite handy because Noah is quite intimidating yeah I know but I think <laughs> he's in drag. I think we do have to look at the ways disabled people in drag spaces and in queer spaces are feel safe and I think like you bringing up the issue of like because you're partially sighted and you have like CP which which it sounds like it affects your gait a little bit like it does and my balance is F as well yeah all these things like play into consent and so like I think it's important that we talk about that too yeah and also having open and honest discussions around disability and what that means for us is quite important like for example don't bloody touch me because I'm not going to be able to see you like I get quite freaked if people like particularly on this side because this is the side I'm blind on if someone touches me there I'm like (laughs) yeah like (laughs) I mean obviously I've never had some of the things that drag queens have had where they've been like I know queens have had their wigs pulled off or like have been felt up in that particular way I'm very lucky that um it's only a story that I've heard but like the idea of that happening to me as a performer is very like and as a performer that is that is historically more vulnerable because of disability and because of ableism and because of all the things like I'm sure that plays in your mind as a performer too of like yes you can take care of yourself but you understand that, that there's a vulnerability there that is a bit probably a bit scary yeah and that's why I don't go out on the audience in the audience yet yeah 
um I specifically don't like if I'm on a stage I'll stay on that stage some performers will go out into the audience and like go around the tables and like maybe sit on the tables I've seen drag queens walk over the tables which I I cannot do uh I will fall over <laughs> I will fall off yeah. the table if I try and do that part of me wants to see you try the other part's like no I feel like that's danger bay like, like I, I, it's something I would like to try, but it's something that I would really need to practice the ever-loving crap out of. Um, but you know, I've seen drag queens go out into the audience, and it's not something I will, do, I would do at the moment if I had a crowd where I was five thousand percent sure that I wouldn't get touched or pulled. I would be, you know, I would be more likely to do it. Like, there's certain shows that I would feel comfortable doing it at. And other shows that I wouldn't feel comfortable doing it at. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. Because um, no matter how much you kind of say, the host says, do not touch the performance, I've still seen it happen. Of course. And we need to be really mindful that just because we're in a queer space doesn't give us carte blanche to be inappropriate. Um, yeah, it's it's a difficult thing because as a performer, you want to be like, you want to encourage people to have fun. You want to encourage people to have a good time. Uh, you know, I'm fine with people coming over after performances to talk to me and to chat to me. But, you know, if someone's like, if someone tries to touch me, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> boundaries. Because yeah. the audience performer boundary is something that I'm very aware of. Yeah. And I think your disability kind of accelerates while you're aware of that. I would oh, think. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, well, it looks like we kind of went over all the things we were going to chat about today. Um, cool. Was there anything that I missed that you wanted to bring up? Um, I, I think we've covered quite a lot of it. Um, let me let me just pull up my the form, see if I can find it. Cool. Um, one of the things that I would talk, like to talk about is kind of disability joy and how being part of drag has been a really positive thing for my disability yeah go on how I view my disability um it's kind of shifted how I view it and I what sometimes when things get me down now I kind of I'm kind of able to say like hey that's comedy material you know like if I'm having a kind of an off day I'm able to kind of say like hey there are better days and there are you know it's helped me be more accepting of my disability in a way and I feel like that's really positive and also meeting lots of other disabled drag kings like my there aren't lots but you know what I mean um yeah yeah. meeting other disabled performers has really has really helped me as well because it's made me more aware of accessibility because as a relatively able-bodied disabled person uh, I have less accessibility issues than some yeah. And meeting more people on the scene who use crutches, use wheelchairs, it's made me more aware. And I think that's a really positive thing because if I'm aware of it, I can advocate. Yeah. So drag is, I'm really glad to hear that drag has made you more comfortable being disabled. And I, I like, at 20, you're so young still. So I would say like, that might shift and that might change as you get older. But I'm glad for right now, in such a pivotal point in your life, like, you found that comfort and that joy yeah definitely because as I get older obviously the difficulties with my cerebral palsy will get harder to manage and I just hope that obviously I'm not going to deteriorate but um if I have difficulty walking now I'm gonna have more difficulty walking at 50 um and I just hope that I'll be able to hold on to that positivity and say like you've been you've done amazing things you've done you've 
stood up on a stage for the people and talked about your sex life and people well, and I, people laughed I and you still hope that in you know? I still hope that in 2052 you're still doing drag as RuPaul the even at 50 like like I would uh, uh this is big love to older kings in the scene um because I am one of the youngest ones I have mad respect for people who do drag who are older um because it's so great to see people who have done it for years because you learn the person who taught me drag uh in the first place uh Dorian he's um I don't know exactly how old he is but he is older and just having that experience like um the the life experience and also like the drag experience as well I have a great deal of respect for people who for older people in drag because you kind of see lots and lots of people in their 30s and much fewer people in their 20s and their 40s yeah yeah so it's very it's great to see older people in drag and I do have a lot of respect for them that's awesome and I think also there's a link to disability there because as you get older disability becomes a part of your life so there's a whole bunch of linkages to disability when you get older too yeah I remember having a conversation because I have acid reflux as part of being a premature baby and I remember Me too. having yeah. quite a funny conversation with an older drag king about the fun of having uh of drinking alcohol and having acid reflux um because alcohol is not good for that nope. <laughs> um but I you know it's funny the kind of connections that disability can give you with older people sometimes yeah. and I I love that there's like a drag and a, a a very real queer element there I think that's really awesome um, but, yeah I had so much fun chatting today I think we've I think we've hit like all the things we're going to chat about how can the people that are listening who want to support your dragon and want to follow you how do they follow you yeah shameless plug um I'm at Rupalsy on Instagram. Uh, so that's just all little letters at R-U-P-A-L-S-Y. And um, I have been quite through quite a quiet period in my drag at the moment. Um, I'm currently on a break because I've got uni exams coming up. Uh, love that for me. But hopefully <laughs> I will be back with something with some things in the summer. So I'm very excited. One of the this podcast was one of the projects that I was really excited about for ages. Oh, I'm so, so glad. I hope that you love how it turned out. And when Yeah, it, I'm I probably won't let my parents listen to it, but uh, Oh that's... let them listen to the egg part. They'll love it. <laughs> They'll probably be like, Jesus Christ <laughs> <laughs> But it's it's kind of an open secret that I'm kinky as hell. Yeah, um, well it's not so secret anymore. Everyone... Well not so secret, but yeah, my mom I used to hide my kink stuff at my parents' house. Uh, I'm a knitter. I knit as a hobby and I used to hide my kink stuff in a large box of wool at the bottom of it. And my mum was... Why did that feel like the most quintessential British thing I've ever heard? (laughs) I I know, I know. It does sound very British. And my mum, for some reason, I think it was after I moved out, um, my mum was going through my room and she discovered the box of kink things and (laughs) asked me about it. And I was like, it's part of knitting, ah. mom. It's for the, it's for the <laughs> she needles. was like, that box for knitting stuff, uh, it's not, you don't want me to throw it away because I know it's not knitting stuff. And I was like, <laughs> it was the most British way to approach this as well, saying like, it's not knitting stuff. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's oh, not. Oh yeah, well then stuff. let your mom, let your mom listen to, listen to the egg part. She'll laugh, she'll <laughs> die, it'll be hilarious. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, half of Glasgow knows the story already. <laughs> it's fine. Well, then she'll love it. It'll be great. Um, RuPaulsy, this was so fun. Thank you for being on Disability After Dark. I'm glad that I made your bucket list of things yes, you want to do. Yes, definitely. It's been uh, amazing. This is like, obviously, honestly, the podcasts and the interviews are like the funnest parts of doing drag. Like I've done some, besides the stage stuff, like for me, podcasts and interviews are like the most fun off stage. Yeah, because you get to like... I've had the opportunity to take part in. So yeah, it's been awesome. And it's awesome. really great to talk to you in person because oh, I love your tweets. Thank you. <laughs> apparently, my, apparently my tweets, apparently people like the tweets. So that's not, I'm not on Twitter, but I am on Instagram. So I do see them and... Honestly, um, I probably post you to my story more than like my own. <laughs> oh, <stuff. laughs> that's so nice. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, I, I've only tagged you a few times. Maybe, maybe I should start tagging you more. Yeah, I want to see how much it is. You have my permission to tag me all the way. Yeah, just get you all the exposure. <laughs> yeah, all <laughs> the exposure. Dad, my dog dad does tag you. Does um post you a lot as well. Oh, nice. Well, I'm so glad that my weird tweets that I that I write about. <laughs> seem to resonate to people especially across the pond um yeah. i had so much fun today thank you so much for coming yes, on so did i i had a great time thank you for having me on it was such a pleasure and i know it's evening time over there so have a good rest of your night and we'll talk yes soon. i will do luckily it's not too late it's only around 8 20 p.m oh that's not that's not too bad so it's not too bad i'm looking forward to the rest of my evening i'm probably just gonna chill and knit. watch some netflix or you're gonna go knit probably i know you can't see because it's just audio but oh you I'm were at... up my knitting at the moment i was saying you're gonna go do sexy things and pretend you're knitting but you're actually gonna knit <laughs> hilarious well i i support whatever you want to do with that knitting needle i support you oh god um, no no i've already had something get stuck in me i don't need anything else yeah exactly right well, no. <laughs> on that note, RuPaul, thanks so much for coming on today, and I'll talk to you soon. Yes, thank you very much. Thanks. Bye. Bye. All right, friends, that's another episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories. I'm, of course, your delectable daddy host, Andrew Gerza. Thank you so much for being here and shining a light on these stories with me. Thank you. If you want to follow my work, you can go to www.andrewgerza.com. Anytime, all my links are there. If you want to support the show in any way, you can leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts, or you can go to patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark, and that will give you access to the show one day early, completely ad-free, for as little as $1 a month or $5 a month or more if that works for your budget. Also, there are yearly amounts available there. So if you wanted to do that, that would be great. If you're able to, I would appreciate it. If you want to be a guest on the show, please email me directly at disabilityafterdarkpod at gmail.com or andrew at andrewgerza.com. I would love to have you and shine a light on your story. Thank you so much for listening to these episodes and supporting disability content by listening to Disability After Dark. And we will see you for our next episode in two weeks. Thanks, friends. Talk to you soon. Bye! Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was created, recorded, and produced by Cripple & Co. Productions and Andrew Gerza. Any and all use of materials, graphics, 
audio recordings, etc. cannot be used or distributed without express permission. If you would like to use an episode of the podcast or license an episode of the podcast on your website, please consider emailing Andrew Gerza and Crippling Co. Productions at disabilityafterdarkpod at gmail.com. Copyright 2023